All right, Akshat, I am so excited to chat with you. And um... yes, same here. <laughs> so super excited to be here. I have so many things to talk about. So let's start with let's start with tech. Mm-hmm. You've been you've been in the tech world for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd be curious to hear from you um, how you think about the part of the industry that you sit in and um, what are some of the trends that folks who are not, you know, in the industry would be interested in or should be curious about, mm-hmm. um, given what you know? Well, um, this technology industry changes every six months. And I one of the reasons I'm in this industry, because it's very, very exciting. It keeps on changing. So if I have to talk about trends, uh, they'll be like, this. so many, but but top of my head is AI, artificial intelligence, blockchain, IoT. Uh, they could be like RPA. If you don't know, it's a robotic process automation. Could be edge computing. AR, VR is taking a good, uh, good, good, uh, getting a good lot of focus around that and cybersecurity too. But if I have to really focus on AI, it's, I think so AI is really something which will positively disrupt the ecosystem around us. And happy to talk more about the examples. So a simple example would be for AI. I'm sure every one of us have been using Google and Gmail. So when you send an email, when Akshay sent an email to Akshat saying that, hey, Akshay, what's an update about the files you've uploaded in Emba, uh, can, when we can expect. So Google is so smart. After four days, it will send a reminder to you, hey, Akshat has not responded to this email. Can you please follow up on this thing? So it'll actually give you a suggestion out there. That's a clear example of artificial intelligence. It can understand what you are asking. There's a question mark in the end, and it'll ask you questions around that. Would you like to follow up with Akshat? That could be one example. Uh, another example of IoT could be um, cars talking to each other. So when you, the cars on the road starts talking to each other, that means we will have less number of accidents. We're going to have a smooth ride from point A to point B. We're going to have uh, less insurance to be paid. And uh, the, the life will be very, very simple. And it will be more predictable. Now you have Google Maps saying that you'll reach in 29 minutes. But actually, with IoT, it might just give you a precise timing, 29 minutes and 20 cents. So it's, it's changing the world. And it will be changing in, in a positive way. So if you think about the work that you do, where where does that fit in into this disruption? So I work for a company called Dropbox. And Dropbox is all about file sync and share as well as uh, e-signature. So it does change quite a bit. Uh, I, I, it, it will change quite a bit in the future because we are moving towards smart workplace. That means is... Uh, any files we have been putting out there, uh, it'll actually remind you this file has not been shared with somebody. It knows about it that you were supposed to share with somebody, but you have not shared. So it will have its own AI, artificial intelligence built in that you were supposed to share with Akshay, but you have not shared it. Would you like to share this thing? Or probably it will remind you for many things which you were supposed to do based on your patterns of clicks and, and things to do, but uh, you did not take an action on. Hmm. How much, when you walk into a conversation, you work in biz dev sales, right? Mm-hmm. So like when, when you're walking into a conversation, how much, how much explaining do you need to do about the work that, that your firm does? Um, 
and, and I guess the reason I'm asking is like, if you think about the, the level of literacy in all different parts of tech and automation, um, how has that changed in the conversations that you're having? Um, are the buyers more sophisticated now than they were a year ago, for example? What's the pace of change? So to answer the first part, the customers are well aware about the Dropbox usage. When I say that, it means they're very much aware about what Dropbox is. But uh, I do need to touch upon that Dropbox has one more offering called as e-sign, e-signature company, which is HelloSign, which is an acquired entity. So I have to touch upon that piece. But uh, the conversation goes like this. So uh, we have been to in many, we have been in many, many conversations with CIOs where customers do not know that there is an extensive usage of Dropbox into their environment and they have been uploading their uh, files into that ecosystem and sharing with the companies or our respective folks which are located like in Russia or China or other, other places. So, so that gets, gives a lot of attention to these CIOs, why the data is getting transmitted via Dropbox in the locations like Russia where we do not have an office and are, are probably in, in Saudi Arabia. Again, we do not have an office. So that builds a lot of curiosity around it. So, so that's the way we have been selling. And the uh, second part is Dropbox has about 650 million active um, uh, users, or probably I'll say end users. So some way, some company will be tied to Dropbox for sure. So they're very much aware about it. Mm. Like, what's the story behind what inspired you to land up here? Well, uh, <laughs> if you know, I'm from India. And being an ideal child, you can be an engineer or a doctor. And for the safety of fellow humans, I chose to be an engineer. So, <laughs> so, so <laughs> but, but uh, on, on a serious note, right? Uh, well, uh, growing up, and growing up, I was very, very inquisitive child, and uh, I was actually gifted a computer back in the days. And to own a computer, and 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 the family belonging to a middle class was a luxury to own uh, a computer in that family, right? So, so it was too much of curiosity had built around what exactly is a computer. So, my mom gifted me, my uncle gifted me because they had to sum up and, and cut down their budgets to give this computer to me. And uh, the worst thing, what they expected was, then, which never they expected was, they, the following day, they saw that I took, out, took the computer apart. Every component of the computer was lying on the floor. And um, so they asked me, what did you do? I mean, I said, I was very curious to know how exactly this each component of computer is working. So good part, what, what they, they saw that was, Right next to the computer was a pen and paper. I drew every component, including nuts and bolts, how I'm supposed to put it back into the computer or, or the CPU, what do you say, right? So uh, the, the box, to make it simpler. So I did, uh, on the third day, the computer was back up and running. And they were really proud of me that, that it was actually working. And so, so that was the curiosity which I had built to, to, to own a computer, to, to know how the computer is working. And that landed me my first job. And I think so, early 2000s, to, to, to be a computer engineer, started as a developer, get into sales, consulting, and now this step. That's fascinating. Yep. I don't think you could even do that anymore. Like, can you pull apart computers now? You can. Yeah, give me one. I'll do it. I'll try it. 
All right. <laughs> I'll find one for you. Um, what was the shift like? So you're a scientist, engineer by training, and you end up in, in sales. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was that switch like for you? Uh, so, again, it goes back to curiosity. And, and uh, I started as a developer. I was working on mobile apps way back uh, in 2004, 2005. If you remember, we had this HP uh, phones and, and Orange and O2s. They had these OEMs had built these phones, so which were running on, on Windows platform. And, and I was building apps for them. I was testing apps for them. And I was trying to test it on a 3G network, which was provided by Japan. So it was curiosity. And, and I love the feel of mobile industry. So, so I, I used to explore more and more and try to provide more trainings to people that you should get into this field. This is very interesting. It's going to grow up significantly. So I, I don't know. I envisioned it. But, but yeah, it was pretty interesting uh, space to be in. So, so that led me uh, to, to consulting. I started consulting teams as well as consulting uh, companies outside what they should do for their network. And uh, that that was a turning point because consulting gave me an opportunity to be a sales guy. So I, I went into sales and then into partnership. This is exactly what I'm doing right now, sales and partnerships at Dropbox. It was very, very interesting because it was all about curiosity, how the industry is moving towards this telecom and then getting into AI, technology, everything together, how we can sell this thing together for any company. Yeah. As you look back at um, at your career, what's the best mistake that you've made? Uh, well, there were many, but uh, to, to point out one, I think so there were a group of fans which, which came came up with a brilliant idea. At least that was that, that's what we thought. Um, I think that was 2012 or something. And uh, we were trying to build a few apps for India. And uh, the first one was for, for Mumbai and Mumbai Local. It was a local transportation uh, system and network we were trying to build uh, on an, an iPhone, so iOS. So we did build an app. We took it to market. And we had a fairly a decent success, I'll say. Within, within three months, we had 30, 30K downloads. We had we were ranked number fourth in the travel industry in India. But but here's the biggest mistake what we did. Uh, this was all through the word of mouth. There was a big component out there which was missing called as marketing. And this is exactly what we've been learning in the course as well. So the, the lessons learned is try and focus on the people who really needs the service and define Tam Sam with with a strategic marketing framework and this is exactly what i never did or had no clue how to execute that so now if i have to learn something from that that's marketing i will definitely try to implement it next time interesting yeah i i as you were saying this i was like how many people who need public transportation have iphones in Mumbai? <laughs> so it's a good part is actually it was a good learning because uh that time google maps was not existing in india so so if you want to go to point a to point c via b we were defining the network so google maps does it beautifully of course they have better algorithms than us so so we were trying to do accomplish something which was not existing in the market hmm. That's really interesting. 
um, what did you, how did you end up closing that business down? Did you sell it? Did you just walk away? It, it died on, on that. So, I mean, <laughs> some people stopped downloading it. People started putting that your app is not being updated. Sometimes sometimes you just lose the interest, you know, because or, or you have a competition. So there was one more competition in the market and uh, they had a really focus. So this was more about a side project that we had. So, so there was too much of capital going in. And uh, at one point, people said, you know what, I cannot spend money on this or time on this because it's a side project and I don't think so it's going anywhere. So let's stop it. Got it. Do you, do you have a story of a failure that sets you up for success? I think so. that was one of the biggest uh, failure and in, in hmm. the, the, the building an apps and, and not taking it to market beautifully <laughs> was the biggest, biggest failure in my life. I'll say that. And another one I can think of is not. So by the way, I did work with the uh, India School Fund. That was a one uh, nonprofit which came out of Harvard Business School in 2007 or something like that. So I was working with them, trying to open schools in India. And uh, we did open two schools in India, especially in the northern part of India and close to Delhi. But uh, I think so the failure was uh, not able to convince the family members on and ask them to send their kids to school. I never expected that. I thought everybody in India wanted to go to school. But uh, these folks out there um, in, in rural part of India were not so keen sending their kids to school simply because they were earning bread for the family and if the kid goes to school he will not be able to work in the daily uh, daily wages kind of a job and earn money for the family so it was very hard to convince these guys with a compelling story so it was free of cost but um, there were a few few lessons we learned from that we've started providing meals uh, in the school so that the kids will come in for the free meals. There were many, many strategies which we tried to implement, but I don't think so. We were able to gather a lot of people for, for the school. So one school, we had to shut it down because there were very, very few students in the class. Wow. that That's really interesting. I, I didn't realize that you've done so much work in, uh, in India. Um, as you think about the pivots that you've made in your career, Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the guiding principles that you follow that um, that have set you up for sort of being able to execute the way that you've executed? Or if you, if there's a quote that comes to mind as you think about you know the pivot? Well, uh, I'll say all life is an experiment played by the ear, and uh, no risk, no reward. What I mean by that is if you really wanted to open a company or you want to open a, a, a shop, a coffee shop, try it now. Don't, don't, don't regret five years down the lane. I should have done this thing five years back. Just don't put constraints around yourself by saying that I, I'm the only guy who's earning money for the family. I need to put uh, food on the table. So, so if you want to really want to do it, do it now. And I'm sure you'll find a way out when you get into that, how to put the money on or put, put the food on the table. Interesting. Uh, that seems very bold. I mean, like it's a very, it's a very American way of looking at life. Uh, you're not expecting this thing coming from India, so <laughs> I think <laughs> a lot of folks, folks in my group now, they decided following the same same policy. They have quit jobs and trying to open their companies because they don't want to regret when they're forty that they should have tried this thing at thirty-five. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
that's it's one of the luxuries of being able to living in this time uh, we get to do that um as you as you think about um I, so one i love asking this question what's an unusual habit um or an absurd thing that you love to do <laughs> uh, having too much chai that's the best thing ever <laughs> i i drink a lot of chai at any 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 hour of this 24 hours i can drink like things 20 24 times it's not okay so so break this down for me what 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 how do you make your chai really okay yeah. sure so boil the water and uh-huh. one <laughs> teaspoon of uh, chai patti or or you say tea leaves and yeah. then you add sugar to that but uh, not to forget one important important ingredient and that is ginger so you have to crush the ginger put it in the chai and then let it boil when it boils um it gets the flavor and the color um then put at least one cup of milk in that and let it boil when it boils about 3 to 4 minutes drink it and enjoy it that's the best thing ever you're going to get yeah so i i totally agree this is like legit chai recipe right like this is not the nonsense tea bag or whatever business nope. Nope, that's just a hack. This is exactly what I do in events in campus. That's a hack which I use for the tea bags. Mm. <laughs> um when you when you feel overwhelmed or unfocused, uh what do you do to recenter? I I take a break. Uh I I usually go out for a bike ride and if time permits I might take a power nap because I have to get my thoughts together. and and reprioritize my things because there are ten, 10 things on the plate i cannot do it simultaneously so i have to reprioritize my stuff and uh, address which is the most important one hmm. um do you have a favorite napping strategy i want to get better at napping is the reason <laughs> no if i really want to sleep and get to sleep i will take uh tylenol pm Huh. So I sleep for four hours. So. <laughs> um, okay, we're doing this pretty rapid fire. So as you think about the last few years, um, what's a new habit or a new guiding principle um, that has improved your life? I, I think um, I would say um, try and experiment whatever you can. that will be my guiding principle yeah tell me a little bit more so as i as i mentioned uh, before i think so you should try and experiment whatever you can be it if you really want to do something just go and try it out it's okay if you fail because the the failure will give you a lot of uh, learning and that might be beneficial for you in future um Was there something that made you appreciate experimenting more? Yeah, because I'll just put myself in this thing, right? So, so I'll say I'm a very cool-headed person and a very positive person who totally believes that uh, uh, never. I mean, I'll say things are never bad as they seem. 
So, but but actually, although I cannot say this thing, the same about COVID nineteen. But but usually I'm a very very positive person. So so just try it out, try it out because I personally feel every time if I put myself into that and probably if I fail, it's okay to fail because there are more 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 things to learn as compared to the success. So because you're not going to implement. So I'll take an example of which I gave you. We started a company way back in 2012. I have a lot of lessons which I have learned from that my failures and I'm going to implement that in future. So it will be actually, it works as a benefit for me because I'm not going to do those same mistakes. Mm. Um, I want to switch gears a little bit. If oh. you, um, if you look at your nightstand or your Kindle, what are some books that you're really looking forward to reading or currently reading and, and why? Hmm. I'm reading this uh, book called as Infinite Game by Simon Sinek. And he talks about how to lead in 21st century. It's all about leadership. It's about uh, trusting teams. And um, it's very interesting. I'm also reading The Secrets of Sandhill Road, which is actually a course book. And it's about venture capital by Scott Cooper. So Cooper. So, so that's very interesting too. But uh, if I had to touch upon the infinite game, it's actually pretty interesting. And I would recommend you as well because you're part of sales. So it's about how the finite mindset uh, is defined in the fi- infinite game and how do you make a better product in as compared to the previous year. It's about continuous improvement. It's about um, how, how you play a game. If there is at least one competitor, you have rules defined, how do you get the end result of the game? And if you're not in the game, the game is still being played. It's like football. So if the the game is still being played, irrespective of the players are not there or not. So it'll continue. It's very interesting. Huh. I I might add that to my list. One last question. And this might be an interesting time to ask that. As you think about the future, um, three, five years from now. Yeah. Um, what makes you most hopeful about humanity's future? It's going to get tough. <laughs> so, because I I I had this thought and I read read uh, read a book or probably a podcast. I don't remember that people should not have borders uh, and people can just cross over in whatever region they want to. But now thinking about what pandemic we are going through right now, I think so we need to have borders and governments who will be defining the, the course for, for all the humans. So, but, but now I'm going back to the strategy or, or the thought uh, that I think so we should have uh, the, the governments and the companies like Google and Facebook should do much more than what they've been doing because if the pandemic comes back again, they, they need to contribute more with the data. Hmm. And, and is that a source of hope or a source of fear? It's a fear. I think so we are not ready for the next pandemic again. Um, that's a sour note to leave on, or at least a depressing <laughs> note to leave on. So, so tell me something hopeful. So good part, or, or this is more about uh, something good, because everybody's been so negative these days because of all the pandemic issues. I think so the hopeful things I can be is people will be more conscious now when uh, they see pollution, uh, this going down because of all this lockdown, like China and India have seen significant drop in the pollution. 
and uh, you see wildlife on the road you see uh, mountains and the himalayas from india cities like cities which are 300 kilometers away so i'm being hopeful that people will be more conscious about the environment and how they 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 contribute to that uh, so so they'll be much more conscious in in uh, polluting the world on that note this has been such a treat thank you you're welcome